All right, guys. Oh my God, I'm so excited for our next guest. Um, he he and I met at CES 2020 in Vegas through like a completely random and kind of weird situation. Um, but you'll love this next entrepreneur. His story is amazing. I love his like. Um, can I say service or product? Because I'm not sure how to say this. We are both a product and service as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, so really excited to welcome the very amazing. Uh, his name is amazing as well. Uh, Elvis Babila, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, Lee. Uh, it's all, it's 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 an honor to be on your show. So I'm very oh, happy to so be here. <laughs> you think you so highly of me? This is such like a uh, hey. From show. what I've from what I've seen, I think uh, I think very highly of you. So oh, thank you so much. You're amazing because you saved me at CES, literally. So guys, uh, so what happened was that I was at CES and I went to Eureka Park which is where all the startups were. And then my phone was running out of battery and I just saw his booth and I was like, oh, what's this? Because um, you guys all know, um, I don't cook, I don't clean, I don't do laundry. I'm a pest in society. So when I saw Spotless, I was like, oh, uh, so I can just hand off my laundry to somewhere else and I don't have to do anything, that's great. So I started talking to him really to get my phone charged, but I actually saw that his startup was amazing too. Um, so that's kind of how we met. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about Spotless and like how you got started and how is it doing now? Okay. Thank you, Lee. And thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll shut up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're wonderful. Maybe, maybe I overthink highly of you. I don't know, but, but from what I <laughs> yeah, going forward, uh, Spotless actually the company, it's an on-demand and subscription laundry and dry cleaning based service. So what we do is uh, when you download our app, within, uh, within, you put in your pickup and drop-off location within 20 minutes or 20 to 30 minutes, we pick up your laundry and within uh, 24 hours, your laundry and your dry cleaning is going to be delivered back to you. So that's the short version of our of our, I would say product and service, yeah, because the product is the app. So both, because we are both on uh, iOS as well as Android, and we are also on the web. And uh, we do offer three different services. So we do offer services for businesses. The on-demand service is the one that I spoke to where you just put in your location at any time and we'll pick it up depending on when you want. And then we have a subscription service for students. So that's what we are. I see. So I love this because I'm like, why didn't anybody come up with this sooner? You know, like who executed it better? So that's amazing. Um, so can you tell us like what you really thought of CES as well? Since oh, CES. Uh, CES was great. Mm -hmm. I met so many people. Of course, I met you at CES. Oh, and... I saw lots of technologies. It got to a point where I was even ashamed of my booth, you know? You Me see too, yeah. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I'm like seeing all these amazing people. <laughs> thank you for doing that. Oh my God, I thought I was alone. Okay, thank you. Thank God. I don't know if you went to, over to the um, foreign, like for example, they had like the foreign startups, startups from Korea, startups. Yeah, the Koreans and the Israelis. Did you oh see the God. booth? They spent almost a million dollar building. Million dollars? Okay, that's yeah. like per booth. Oh, I'm not even surprised. Holy shit! The Koreans are gonna kill us all and everything. They like they like all imported. I think all the Samsung CEOs to invade CES. 
Uh-huh. And then they all dress the same. And so it's extra intimidating. But, you know, I love Koreans. Koreans listening, come on. Don't don't kill me. Every, I've seen everything. All- everything. <laughs> from the Dutch, the French, everything. Their booth were amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I came and I looked at my booth. I just had a poster on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, because I met so many people, I met uh, potential vendors. I met also uh, companies that wanted to partner, and then there were people who said eventually they'll invest. But of course, you have to wait until it happens, right? So, but that's what happened. I met uh, uh, during that period. I signed up so many people, but unfortunately, at that point, our iOS app was not ready because most of the people I met at CES use iOS. So, but the good thing now is uh, tomorrow I w- it's going to be ready. So anybody Ooh. could always download that and use. So awesome. What's the, how do you spell it? So our, our listeners who can't spell can download it as well. By the time it's released, it's going to be out. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. If you go, if you get, if you go online, if you are, if you're Google or you're, iOS or what Samsung, whatever phone you go in with Samsung and anything that is not an Apple phone, you have to go to an Android store. And from there, you'll be able to download. It's uh, spotless. You just put spotless laundry. It's a green logo. It looks greenish and then like a laundry service kind of thing going on there. Once you click on it, does it. And then for those of us who use uh, iOS, which is the Apple, you just go in, you put in a spotless laundry dry cleaning and it's going to pop up. It's also a green green label with a black circle in it, yeah. Okay, I love it. I definitely am going to download it tomorrow um, because I just hate doing laundry. I hate everything about it. And the fact that you simplified it, so it's like I'm back in Thailand again, that's great. And um, you also come from a different country. You see my transition? I'm working really hard on this um so like you're from cameroon so can you tell us like how did you go from being an immigrant to becoming a successful business owner so uh thank you if you say successful let's see how it goes right <laughs> I feel, yeah immigrants are never happy with anything but whatever exactly so, like, i always call that the immigrant insecurity where you keep sense. trying and trying and trying yeah. but so you I, never feel happy because you always feel like something's missing and you have a blind spot yeah oh my god we're like we're like soul siblings i get it okay yes sorry i'll shut up now okay yes exactly i came to the u.s about 14 years ago and uh, i came for college i went to the university of san diego there i was a mechanical engineer i did mechanical engineering and physics and uh, after graduation i was lucky to have the job which i worked over at caterpillar Mm-hmm. And then during that period, I had, uh, I was doing, I, I did grad school also over in the Bay Area, Stanford. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had to work. And uh, after that, I just did the same corporate work as usual. So Caterpillar left, I went to GE Ventures, the venture capital group of GE, there I worked. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I decided to go to business school. So I applied uh, to Columbia Business School. Mm-hmm. 
surprisingly they took me so i, I went I'm to surprised. they should be ha- they should be grateful <laughs> so i went to columbia business school met all of these amazing people and i think that's where the bug started the entrepreneur bug because you're surrounded with amazing people you're always intimidated everybody's like see something of some company somebody had worked for a great company before coming so but during that time it gave me that uh you know the courage to be able to take that leap mm-hmm. uh, that's when i decided but during school after school i graduated and i started working for ibm uh their, mm-hmm. corporate, their corporate strategy group mm-hmm. and uh and then i started this business and eventually moved to it yeah mm, i love it so um what do you find is like the biggest difference okay maybe just differences like like Cameroon versus USA, completely the same or not completely the same? What's, what's the difference? <laughs> they are so different in every way. There's, there's nothing, dif- there's nothing the same. What would you say? Like Maybe like top five. What are the top five differences? Top five differences. I will start. In the US, you have opportunities. If I was in Cameroon, I don't think I would have even started this company. Maybe I would have been, I would have still been at a university trying to look for an opportunity or something. Mm-hmm. And then the second, because Cameroon is a, is a society where you, you move up, you might be a, the most intelligent person, but you might not have the opportunity unless you know somebody. So that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The second thing about Cameroon is... Uh, Unfortunately, I love the people in the US, but I love Cameroon food because that's the first thing I ever tested. So I love the food, the culture also in Cameroon. I love it because in Cameroon, we play, soccer is the number one sport. And I love soccer. Then the food, just going in, there's a lot of variety, lots of spices that they put in food. I love that as well. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing that I would think about the US compared to Cameroon, which I think it's uh of course you have a third world country and uh year so cameroon is not a function functioning democracy mm-hmm. the u.s is one so although sometimes functioning democracies things might be a little bit different but i still love the united states for that mm-hmm. and then the third thing that i'll see between cameroon is cameroon people everybody will talk to you you know how we met at CES and we just started talking? That's how yeah. it is in Cameroon. Like, people, you meet strangers and you just start talking to them as if you knew them a long time ago. So I, that's one thing I miss because I used to live in New York City and it's a little bit individualistic. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So like, um, how would you, do you have any tips or like dealing with Cameroon people like for business or relationships or like, is there any uh, things that you should know, things that you should do or should not do, what would you say are your tips? Well, for the Cameroonians that are here in the United States, of course, people assimilate because we easily, uh, as you will know, anybody who is an immigrant, you're a risk taker, right? Because you leave yes. your country, the comfort of your country to come to a different country. Yes. So most of the Cameroonians or most immigrants, as I would think, that you meet in the United States, it's easy. Everybody easily adapts to the new culture, especially if you moved here a little bit younger. So mm-hmm. in terms of uh, communicating or, or 
doing business with any Cameroonian, Cameroonians, we are hardworking people. Mm-hmm. When it comes to business, people are very hardworking. People are very, it's also a very highly educated uh, community. The only thing with the Cameroonian is outside of work, outside of anything professional, like going to a party. If you, if you have an invitation, mm-hmm. I think you should print out two or three different invitations where you have mm-hmm. the actual time and then you have the Cameroonian time. We can, <laughs> we can what is Cameroonian time? time? Uh, excuse me? What is Cameroonian time? What is this? We usually come a little bit, we go late to activities. Yeah, I would say close to about one or two hours later. And that's really good. But if it's for work, everybody goes to work ahead of time. People are very serious when it comes to work, anything professional or doing business. But when it's like, hey, I have a birthday party, I think you should give a Cameroonian a different uh, <laughs> a different invitation. <laughs> I love it. Because I think um, I, was on, I was watching this TV show and this Spanish dude said like sometimes mañana means the next day, right? So yeah. literally this person will show up the next day. So one hour is, all right, uh, that, that, that makes sense. So, okay, so you're all really smart because you managed to marry a, a woman who is a doctor. So I'm trying to find that situation as well. Like, how do you suggest me to find a stable person so I can be as crazy as possible? Like, what, uh, what tips do you have? Yes. Oh, man, if you, if you come to that, I don't know. I think it was just luck as they always say with, with her, because we just met in an airplane. Mm-hmm. And that's at the point where I decided I did not want to date because I just got out of a very horrible relationship at that point. And I will not blame it on the person that I had. It was, there was miscommunication on both sides. So, mm-hmm. so at that point. But when I was, li- I was heading from Houston over to uh, Pittsburgh, and I'm, and the plane had uh, some sort of a layover in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And she came. Have you ever been on Southwest Airlines before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Southwest is open sitting, so anybody can sit wherever they want to sit in. Mm-hmm. So I sat in. I was already in the plane. She came and sat next to me, mm-hmm. and that's how we met. She what? Started, yeah, uh, started, so lucky. She started talking. She was reading her book, and her book was about the kidneys. So from there, when she started looking at it, I started talking. Oh, yeah, I, I think I have an idea of how this works. And then we're talking. And from there, the conversations just started. And uh, we dated for seven years. And we have been married now for two years. So totally, we've been together for nine years. Woohoo! So, Congratulations. That's awesome. Is she also, uh, is this uh, interracial really? Is this like? Uh, yes. She's... Uh, American. She's, uh, I don't know. specific. I, I don't know. When I, when I think, when I think of... Uh, she's white. No, yeah, she's white. I'm trying to look because when you say Cameroonian, Cameroonian is very specific, right? But she's like Irish or German. Oh, okay. A, a mixture of all of that. Yes, she's white, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, I should have just said that. Um, yeah. But I didn't want to, because it could be other races too, right? So I'm just like... Exactly. This uh, is a country. I, you know, I like to say I like to say I'm the best racist and best comic in the world. So I have to uphold that title, right? So, 
Um, racist? No, you, you're just aware. You're just racially aware. I, I think. Uh, okay, aware. Okay, I'll say that. I'll say that yes. at my corporate gigs. Um, so that's great. <laughs> and then you have a baby on the way, which is awesome. I love it. Um, so, okay, let's talk about how you grew, grew your company. Like, um, I think it's very uh, lonely to be a CEO. And it's like you uh, have a great idea and you're executing everywhere. So, like, how did you grow your business to where it is today? So with all of these, talk of grow, I don't know about growing, but I would tell you about the business itself, especially as you said, it's very lonely running mm-hmm. a company, especially if you don't have co-founders. Yes. Mm-hmm. But growing this business is mostly uh, because I do a lot of partnerships. Mm-hmm. So I have lots of partners that are around and they are the, they are the foundation around everything. Mm-hmm. So my partnership and my sales uh, team are exceptional. They go in, they are dedicated to the team, and I'm trying to build a culture where I can retain them because if I don't keep them, somebody else will take them. They are wonderful. Yes. So growing this team is, we just talk to people. For example, I met you at CES. I was just talking, and then I tend to realize that, oh, you're a wonderful person, and we just continue. So it's by word of mouth that we have spread and people have been getting calls from Oregon. Why, why is your service not in Oregon? I say, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we need to have the resources to, in places like that for us to go. But eventually during the summer, we are going to be throughout the United States and Canada. But I still always encourage people to download the app, go through everything. If there's any mistake, they reach out to me uh, personally Mm-hmm. Because so that we take care of everything before they get it, because I think this service is a wonderful service. Not I'm not saying I'm not saying it because I am uh, the owner, but I'm saying it because I am a busy professional mm-hmm. and I need a service like this. And even sometimes, even if you're not a busy professional, there are days that you don't just want to do laundry or dry cleaning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those are the things. So getting back to your questions, the way I build it is by hiring people who are better than I am, mm-hmm. people who know exactly what uh, we need in order for us to grow, building strong partnerships and building a strong, uh, a, a strong uh, sales team. So that's what. I love that. Um, and so what advice do you have for like new entrepreneurs? <laughs> I am still, I'm still learning in terms of that. But I think uh, for people, I, maybe I'll break it down into different parts. Yes, yeah. So what I'll do is for people who are entrepreneurs mm-hmm. by heart and then they have this great idea and mm-hmm. they are thinking, oh, should I jump in now or shouldn't I jump in? At the end of the day, I think everybody, you know yourself better than anybody knows yourself because mm-hmm. we have personal problems, personal responsibilities. You should evaluate yes. that. And if you are capable of jumping, there, there's no right time. Just do it. Mm-hmm. As Nike, the Nike guys will say, yeah, just do it. And it will take care of itself. There are days you wake up, you'll be gloomy, but just keep going. Because mm-hmm. if you try to sit and you want to evaluate everything to the end, you'll never do anything because you have competitors all over who have the biggest wallet that you ever get. You have people who say things about you not doing it. For example, in my case, people are like, 
why are you leaving a great job to go do entrepreneurship? Mm, yeah. But the way I look at it is I don't want to be out maybe later on in my later years and regretting, okay, did I just live my life for somebody else? So those are the kind of things, yeah. That's such and a good point. For people who have already made the leap, mm-hmm. I would say just keep doing it. Surround yourself with people that you trust, mm-hmm. people that will tell you the truth, and also sur- sur- surround yourself with people that are going to give you really great uh, review, uh, not great reviews, great, um, they will evaluate you well because mm-hmm. you, need, you need the critique, the criticism for you mm-hmm. to be able to grow because if not, then you're just going to sit. And then always never forget of the competition, but don't get distracted by them. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. oh, go, sorry, go, go ahead. Right. right, go ahead, yeah. Oh, I think because usually people, when I started this business, people are like, oh, aren't there companies like that? I'm like, yeah, but they are doing it a certain way. I will come and do it my own way and we'll move forward. There's always competition. You just have to believe in what you do and you move forward. Because if you have competition in that space, it means it's a great space. Yes. Everybody wants to go there. All that remains is all about the execution. Yeah, I love that. Um, So you said something that is very dear, near and dear to my heart. So like, um do you feel like you're how do your family and friends feel about entrepreneurship because it's like you have a stable job you're very well educated it's in all every every single aspect you seem like to have made it if you have a good solid job right but what would you say to people who are like on the fence who are like getting criticized from family and friends and just like did you get criticized by family friends for doing this and like how do you deal with that out the, well, my wife has been very supportive, even her family. But my my immediate my well my the family I was before I started my own family. Yeah, <laughs> that's my origin. They have always they have always believed in me. Mm-hmm. Anything I say, my mom is like, "Oh, go do it. I believe you'll make it." So that's nothing. She has always trusted me. At some point, I'm like, "Ah, uh, are you over?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she has always supported me right from the beginning. My wife, of course, she has to be a little bit uh, that uh, her opinion matters most than anybody because we live together. It's part of her, everything is hers as well. And she's the one who is going to get affected most than mm-hmm. about any decision I make. So she's, my wife is a very uh, risk uh, adverse person. So he had, she, she, but unfortunately for me, with this particular venture, she has been very supportive, although cautiously supportive, I would say that. Mm-hmm. And my in-laws have also been very supportive, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um thank you yeah thank you for sharing that because i think it's just so interesting uh to see different perspectives and do you feel like cameroon as a country is pretty supportive of like entrepreneurship or like they prefer you to do the education route or is it kind of like a mix like what is the uh cameroonian dream i guess I like, what are you supposed to yeah, maybe that what are you supposed to do yeah yeah i think that's a great question because in cameroon people are usually you, people usually take the safe route. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because people come here and they have family back home, which they mm-hmm. have to support, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So they have the, usually people come in for being a doctor, the nurse. 
the lawyer, the engineer, and all of that, that they know exactly is going to help them make uh, the income that they can use to support family back home because it's almost like a safe route. Yes. At that point, yes. So that's usually how parents in Cameroon, most of them, like the ones that are in the United States, is like, hey, you have to go to school, you have to do this and do that. But recently, uh, the parents have become open to this entrepreneurial world, mm -hmm. but not to the venture part of it, mm -hmm. more to like starting a business that has or that already has a proof of concept. Mm -hmm. You're building and capitalizing out of that rather than starting something that is disruptive, disrupting uh, an industry that we don't yet have a certain. Uh, proof of concept, everybody doesn't know if it's going to work or something. So that's still something that's a little bit shaky. But with the, with the other part of it, the venture, maybe starting a business, yes, people have been doing that in Cameroon, yeah. I love that. And I find like studying different countries' history is important because I feel like to understand a Chinese person, I feel like you have to understand like, um, like I guess respect for elders uh, because that's like Confucianism. And then we went through the Opium War where literally yeah. the British grew opium in Afghanistan and then uh, got Chinese people hooked on drugs. And I feel like that's why we haven't taken over the world yet. But I feel like we're trying our best. I thought, to I thought China has already taken the war. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Um, we're just no. trying, to, we're trying to make friends with all the bad guys. Um, but okay, because you're in a unique perspective. And I'm, I'm just curious, like, what do you think of the Chinese who are doing business in Africa right now? Like, what is your insight? on this phenomenon? Well, I have, uh, I think I have, to, I would say two different opinions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do support the fact that they come in and then they also, they actually, they develop places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which has happened, like for example, in some of before in my hometown now, it, things have got a little bit out of control because of the war that is going on there. Yeah, what is going on? I don't. I didn't even know there was a war going on. Can you update us on Cameroonian history in two Yeah, minutes? so so relatively, Cameroon <laughs> in Africa, Cameroon has usual Cameroon has been uh, what you call one of the safest uh, African countries, and that's why most people down here of Cameroon. Mm -hmm. But the, for the past uh, three years, what has happened is uh, there has been. Uh, what we call the Anglophone War. So the people in the English-speaking part of Cameroon, oh, let me actually go behind. Cameroon is divided into two parts. You have the Anglophone and the Francophone. So Anglophones, they speak English, Francophone, French. So 80% of Cameroon do speak in, uh, French and 20% uh, do speak uh, Anglophone. Um, they speak English, sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, during this period, uh, because the Anglophone, uh, the Francophones are the bigger, uh, they are the majority of the country. Mm -hmm. they, they own most of the things. They have the power, like in government, and so the Anglophones have felt left out of everything. But they don't. Uh, Anglophones don't. They they don't really care about that because usually the Anglophone parents mm -hmm. do send their kids out, like for example, somebody like me, out to the United States or England or somewhere else to go work and then come back and develop our area. So we have been fine. And in terms of education, we have always had like one of the great schools. Mm -hmm. 
But recently, people got angry. The teachers in, Cam in Cameroon started a strike, which mm. was because the government of Cameroon wanted to switch everything where everybody uses the francophone system. Mm -hmm. And then they also, uh, there was the, you had the attorneys, the lawyers also went on strike because they wanted the anglophones to get rid of the common law, which is the British way of uh, law. So for example, if you are an anglophone, you go to a French court, they are speaking French, you don't even understand the language. Mm -hmm. and, and then they give you you know, your verdict and you'd never know what the heck happened. So that's the situation that happened. And then from there, the Anglophones decided that if that's the case, they want to leave Cameroon and they want to start their own country. Mm -hmm. So, and that's when the war started. Oh, so, wow. yeah, so there's been instability. So that's why I say in like, for example, in my hometown, the Chinese came in and they had built, uh, they had built roads and all of that. So that's that's a plus. For example, we used to take almost about five to seven hours to go to my hometown. Now we use twenty minutes to get there. So awesome. that, that's something that that's something that is good. But on the other side, which is comes is that uh, when the Chinese come, usually they bring people from China instead. They don't hire. I'm so them. sorry. I already know where this is going. We're such horrible cunty chinks. I already know what's gonna. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying we're assholes. No, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm just preemptively because. Okay, okay. I I just have to get this off my chest. I know Chinese tourists are just like a worse to deal with because like we're fucking loud and we don't give a shit. So like we just have met, like. Have you met us? Huh? <laughs> have you met us? We are loud too. <laughs> but you guys are more diplomatic. Okay, this is what I find Africans to be like. Like you guys are very diplomatic because you guys have been through so much uh, wars and strife. Like I feel like more recent uh, than China. Uh, I feel like China is more like we don't want to be poor, so we're such relentless, uh, just cutthroat people. So we don't try to be diplomatic you guys are more diplomatic than us uh well, even I, think, I think the way they, the way the chinese do yeah. the business they started you would think is diplomatic it's the only problem because i think if they are coming in for that they should also hire the locals and teach them how to use some of those equipment mm -hmm. where they bring everybody from china and hire mm -hmm. and so it makes it in such a way there's no transfer of technology where every time we, we keep it, yeah, yeah, we turn to depend on them to come back, which I don't think that's a great way of doing things. And my reasoning for that is there's this saying that they say you should teach a, a child to fish rather than give them fish every day, right? So they sh we should be able to get also develop our own places by ourselves and not always depend that okay the chinese yeah yeah because i feel like, then, like it's a colonialism in a way yeah. and i feel like chinese people are super racist and it's like chinese chinese people coming into africa is still a relatively recent phenomenon i feel historically speaking you know and i don't like, think that do you think they're racist i don't think they're they racist. are they are i will tell you that i mean if you're wondering i'm gonna just tell you because i feel like the perception of okay because china literally means middle kingdom right so like, yeah. racism is basically in our blood and i feel like chinese people have been um okay this is my theory 
So a lot of Mongolians and all the like tribes and stuff like overran the Chinese, uh, the Be Beijing, right? Beijing is like more North China. It's a political center as of now, but there were a lot of foreigners, right? So like Chinese people immediately just distrust all foreigners because we feel like we're better than everyone else. And I feel like we have a bit of a chip on our shoulders because I feel like we really fucked up during the opium war. Like we could have won, but like we were humiliated. And then like all the imagery and uh, things that I learned in Chinese, uh, in, in school in China was like, we have to be progressive, we have to win. If we like fall behind, you're gonna get hit, right? So I feel like it's the uh, insecurity, the chip on our shoulders. And I feel like because of what the media depicts a lot of people who happen to have dark skin um, and the Chinese perception of like, uh, cause it's a status thing, right? If you yeah don't have to go toil in the fields, then your skin is paler. Mm -hmm. But if you toil in the fields, it's dark. And obviously, when you have different international people, you want to adjust your beliefs. But I think certain things are hard to change in one generation. So I feel like the people who go to Africa, I do feel like they are racist. They kind of are thinking about economics, right? Because they're not thinking, oh, how can I help the community? Because they're like, fuck the community. Because they're colonialists <laughs> in a way. Well, everybody who, um, has I mean, come, everybody who has come to Africa has come. Yeah, is a colonist, right? And I feel like the Chinese colonists now, right? So, um, and I do understand what you're saying because eventually they will have to work with the locals. And I think it's still, well, in the last 20 years, right? Maybe even less than that. When did the Chinese start coming to Africa? Is it 2000? I would say in the next, in the last uh, 20, 25 years. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, so it's like less than one generation, right? And I'm sure they're super racist and they're super like uh, elitist. That's how we are. I'm sorry, but I feel well, like- Well, the thing is, I, mean, it's I don't conversation, right? It's uncomfortable <laughs> for a lot of people, but I, I'm just telling the truth. Like Chinese people are racist. I'm just telling you guys, uh, but sorry. Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, the, what I'm saying is I, I, personally, I don't know exactly in that situation because yeah. uh, I mean nobody I, knows I've, been, I've been in the US now I've been in the US now for 14 years yeah. so they started coming 10 um, they started coming 10 years while I was in Cameroon so oh, for the yeah. last five years and during that time I was younger my mind was not in terms of business economics or something I was just in terms of well whatever you get the cheaper stuff you get usually comes from the Chinese Yes, and so they flood the market, right? And they annihilate competition. Yeah, that's what I heard too from my black friends. They're just like the Chinese people bring in like really cheap clothing so yes. that it totally annihilates the local market and it's no. a huge disruptor. Yeah. And, and, and because, I you know, China, the Chinese uh, businesses are being, uh, they, are they are subsidized by the Chinese government. Right, so, so it's hard to compete. Yeah, 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 they're able to bring down the prices. And then the local mom and pops, they go out of business. Yeah, so I think if things could change a little bit where both where both people do business, a sustainable way of business, I think it would be great because it would be good for both the Chinese and also the Cameroonians or Africans in general. Are we, English, are we learning English? Do we come in with our stupid broken English? Or are the people actually learning? Well, everybody comes in with their own language and pause and do whatever they're doing. But do they try? Do they try to learn French? Is it mostly French or yeah, English? Yeah, some of them. Yeah, they do French and English as well. Yeah. Because most of the people who come are usually they like their own companies and then they come to get whatever they can get, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah so... 
Yep, folks, this is an honest podcast. I mean, what do you guys expect? You want me to sugarcoat? Um, but anyways, <laughs> this is good. I mean, this is good to, good to know. Yeah, because I feel like so many people don't really tell the truth. And when you do tell the truth, people get all mad and call you a racist. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm the best racist and the best com- comic in the universe. So I'm going to uphold uh, my honor. But anyways, I okay, let's you, talk about- uh, No, you are, you are racially... Aware. Let me say that. Let me say. Sorry. Because you, it's no. You're just saying. You're just giving your opinion. Yeah. What you and it's like, I'm and, more of a classist. I feel. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because like, racism, racism mostly go when you actually think you're better than other because of the color of your skin, and you don't like other people because their color. That's when it becomes okay. What the heck is? Um, but if am it's, I a lesson? What's that? Because I, I feel like I'm better than everyone else in the universe. So does that make me a linist? A linist? No, that would be that. That maybe it would just make you uh, not right? Yeah, but it would just make you leave because actually you're better than yeah. others. You know. Oh, you're so sweet. Fuck, <laughs> man. Now I can't. I can't. Even, you're so funny and just oh, you know, Okay, let's talk about your business a little bit more. So like. Who are the people who should download your stuff and who are the people who should not uh, uh, download the app and enjoy amazing clean laundry? I think if you live in the United States Mm -hmm. and uh, Canada, Mm -hmm. when I say Canada, I mean like the bigger cities which are closer to the United States, the the, uh, uh, Toronto, the Ottawa, all of those and Vancouver. So those those big cities, if you are in those cities, you can download our app. And if you are in anywhere in the United States, you can download our app for now. But in terms of service, we do offer services right now only in Chicago and uh, New York, and then we'll be throughout the United States this summer. So you can download and just go through, familiarize yourself with the app. And when summer comes in, boom, start ordering. 20 minutes after you order, we pick up, well, 20 to 30 minutes because I have to be, yeah. And then also within 24 hours, you'll get everything there. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have, uh, if you have any questions, just go to the page, you submit it, we, we are going to reply. We have a wonderful customer service. Sometimes I tell people, we're not just a logistics company or a laundry service company. We are actually a customer service company that do laundry. So, I love that. Awesome. And so, like, um, who who are the people that you enjoy working with? In terms of colleagues or in like, general? Uh, colleagues, business, or, like, customers that you enjoy dealing with? In terms of uh, business, in terms of colleagues, I like people who respect other people mm-hmm. and people who are patient. Because mm-hmm. I believe everybody has, uh, people make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's one quality that I also try to build. I try to see if my employees make mistakes, as long as it's not a catastrophic mistake. You mm-hmm. use that as a learning opportunity and you teach them something better to improve themselves. So. Mm-hmm. so those are the kind of people I like. And also on the flip side, I like people who are, able, who are willing to learn. Because if you're teaching somebody who doesn't want to learn, then you're wasting your time and you're wasting their time. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind. In terms of uh, clients, I love 
client. I love my clients. My uh, uh, clients are usually the number one, but also at the end of the day, clients that also understand what is going on. Mm-hmm. That if, let me say, for example, if things are not going the way they should be, they mm-hmm. contact you and you work through with them to go through. I love those kind of clients because we are a startup, we are getting there. But I, I will tell you, we, produ- we are providing one of the best products you'll get in the market. And mm-hmm. we are also going to provide the best service. We will work with you throughout until like the whole cycle. Even when you're not part of, for example, from the moment you download the app, you have any questions, you call us. We don't have anything that, we, do, we don't have a culture of this. This question is not important. Every question is important because it helps us also develop our product better. And in terms of uh, businesses, I like to work with businesses because in all of these, we we develop a lot of partnerships. So we grow by partnerships as well, right? So in terms of that, when you are negotiating with a partner and all of that, I like partners who, who understand that any negotiation should be sustainable because it's going to be sustainable on both sides and it will make everybody grow better rather than coming with a cultural transactional way of doing business Mm -hmm. and then you destroy the other business and survive that's not the best way is to make it where it's a win-win for both people doing the business so i like more of a relationship building rather than transactional kind of uh, partnerships yeah that's awesome. And uh, before we share with uh, the audience how to uh, download and how to uh, get awesome laundry, is there anything else you want to share with them that you didn't get a chance to talk about? Well, what I would just say is it's great talking to you and for the people who are actually on your show, they should let so many people listen to your show because your show is wonderful. Okay. I I did not know about your show until you told me and then I started listening to it, which is great. So it's, it's actually a good show. And then in terms of what we have, uh, in terms of our product, just share the word because there are many people, when I tell people, oh, this is the service we have, they're like, oh, I've never heard of something. Share the love with everybody, share it and uh, let as many people as possible come to our platform come and use our product and uh, we are going to do everything and as time goes on we are going to actually i don't know do you do you have a site or like a particular site where people can go in to yeah just funnymillionaires.com that's okay so if you can go to funnymillionaires.com i'm going to try to produce uh, a discount code over to Lee, so for all the listeners here, they can always get 20% off. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I love this. Thank you so much for being such a nice person. And one other thing that we do, I forgot this, this is actually very important. We use only eco-friendly products to wash. Wow. You know, this planet that we are in, it's not going to stay for a long time. So mm-hmm. it's good for us to preserve it for ourselves, for our kids as well. And then the second thing is, during the holidays, we actually uh, do laundry for people who are homeless and try to produce oh. one, million, one million pounds of uh, laundry uh, during that period and give it out to people who are homeless. So 
at some point we're going to try to see if we can do that every year yeah Wow, you're just so amazing. Just that's incredible. Oh, no. I think I think if you're doing business in the community, you should always invest in that community, right? I love it. And you walk the talk, right? You were just talking about it, and you're doing it in your own thing. I love it. Um, so can you remind us again? How can we uh, search for you online? Uh, what's your website? What What's the app again? So our website is hire. You know when you hire somebody. Huh? So H I R E S P O T L E S S dot com so hirespotless.com that's going to be our site mm-hmm. and uh the second thing is the way you can download our cars you go to the apple store and you can check there you put uh spotless laundry and dry cleaning and it's a green box with uh, a red uh, with a black circle in the middle you just download it and if you look at it the company that owns it is called the spotless technology corp so if if that's not the name then you're not downloading our app secondly if you head over to android the the google play you can also download our app from there and uh, it's the same Mm -hmm. spotless laundry Mm -hmm. and if you go through everything you just need to click if they if the name of the uh, company is not the spotless Technology Corp, that's not us. But the color is still the same. It's a green color with a, a black circle in the middle. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, my Thank God, you. for this amazing Thank interview. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's so funny how you turn to meet people. If you do not, right? <laughs> you do not misplace your phone at my booth. I know, right? You wouldn't have met. And uh, I think this is going to be a great friendship. Continue to Thank you so much. Yeah, now I look at my phone. I was like, well, if I'm at 1%, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Maybe it could be the best thing in the world, you know? So exactly. thank you so much again. Thank you so um, much. And, and thank, I, I thank the spirit that brought you over to our booth. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank God. Absolutely. Very grateful for this opportunity. Again, guys, remember, download Spotless, okay? Uh, don't make your mom do your laundry. Don't make your wife do your laundry. Uh, get make their lives easier okay uh and actually you. if you if they think of the pricing our prices are cheaper, very right? affordable because yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. for the pound of laundry we do we it's only one dollar fifty cent for a pound of laundry so that's amazing. amazing um yeah i don't even know how you stay in business to be this uh, affordable and amazing uh but I don't know. You probably charge more right after this, um, no. but we, get it while you can, guys. Get have, it while you can. <laughs> we have a great partnership, and those uh, they are amazing wow. because of uh, they don't have the reason we can charge that is because all of the machines get occupied, and oh, so they can, right, stay, right. so they can stay in business. You know, oh, so. genius! God, you're just gonna partner with this is just so amazing. So thank you so much, Elvis. You're amazing. Thank you um, so much. I hope to have you. you. Yeah, it was you're one of the best guests ever for sure. Oh, you're um, one of the best people ever. And please go go let those people who are hating get your t-shirts well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and you're following all the drama online so i love it too um <laughs> this is about you but i don't want to do it, make it all weird if it's people are listening in the future uh, but thank you so much again and i hope to have you on future shows to come 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I would like to come as much as possible and tell, and tell the community on how the business is growing and who we have gotten and all of that. Just, we should just continue the journey as we move forward. I love it. Well, thank you so much again. Uh, and uh, we will see you in the